God, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. And I just believe that God wants to do this for us this year. He's going to put a crown or begin this year with his goodness. Not badness, not hopelessness, not emptiness, not loneliness, but for all of us, goodness is coming your way. It's coming your way. Lord, let your goodness flow. Let it follow us and be upon us this Sunday and all throughout 2024, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We just got through Christmas, and I didn't want it to end. I love Christmas. I really do. I enjoyed the New Year's. I'm a New Year's Eve, and I'm enjoying New Year's Day. A few years ago, I got to looking at this time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year, as it is for many of you. And I got to looking at it Christmas, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. You know, Christmas, we celebrate the entrance of God into the world. And New Year's Eve, as it were, it's the closing or the ending of a period of time. And New Year's Day welcomes the beginning of a new period of time. And I got to thinking it sounds very, very similar to what is to come in the future. Jesus Christ right now is up into the heavens, forever glorified. But he sent us his spirit, so we're connected with him always through his spirit. But one day enough is going to be enough and he's going to return. He's going to manifest again, and we will see him face to face. We're going to welcome God face to face back into this world. And when that happens, there is going to be a period of life and time that is going to pass away. Just like God returning, it's like Christmas, celebrating God in this world. And when the tribulation and all of that happens, the passing away Just like New Year's Eve saying goodbye, New Year's Day welcomes something new in. And that's when we're going to welcome the resurrection or life eternally with Jesus Christ. And I pray that this new year is something like that for you. That you feel the powers of heaven working and moving in your life. And I feel that here today. I don't even know what time it is. I don't even care. You know why? Because time kind of seems to disappear when you're in the presence of the Lord. Because he doesn't live in time. (laughs) I've got a busy day tomorrow, but I'm not even thinking about it. You know why? The presence of the Lord makes responsibility and tasks and checklists mean absolutely nothing. Because in his presence, there is joy forever and pleasures forevermore. And may the thought of heaven always be in your mind this year in 2024. As we talked about it last Sunday, I'm reminding you of it again. We're coming up closely to the year 2033. It'll be 2,000 years since the Lord ascended up into the heavens. And I believe from this time up until that time, we're going to start seeing a lot of things happening here in the earth. A lot of people's hearts in this earth are going to fail them for fear. But Jesus said when you see wars, when you see famines, when you see nations rising against nations, when you see your own nation crumbling, don't you worry, don't you fear, but you keep looking up because your redemption is coming. Oh, it's coming. 
And 2024 may be the year of the return of the Lord. You and I got to think that way and live that way. That's why it is no time to be wishy-washy or carried about with every wind of doctrine or even entertaining the thought of backsliding or church hopping or just walking out the door saying goodbye to God. He's coming back and he wants to come back for you, for you, for all of you. So be ready for him. In 2024, praise the Lord. You know, uh, New Year's Eve on 2022, I uh, watched a little uh, New Year's Eve TV. Forgive me, Lord. But I did. And it used to be so good, right? It used to be so fun and entertaining, but now it's, they got the, the B team up there doing the music or something. I don't know. And it's just not as good as you. But I remember they were just walking through the crowd, you know, on Times Square and other places saying, what are you going to do in 2023? What are you going to do? A lot of people said this. A lot of people said that. You know, the, t- the typical, you know, read more books and get into the gym and, you know, you know, eat better and lose weight and get a new job and all of that. But the number one thing I heard from people is get rid of toxic people in my life in 2023. And, all right. And... <laughs> I don't want to elaborate on that, but I heard a lot of that happening in 2023. A lot of toxicity got out. Just people started cleaning up their lives. And I've just been interested in what are people wanting to do in 2024? And I've been seeing a lot of interviews just out there, you know, with citizen journalists with their cameras and and their YouTubes and their Instagram. And you know what people are saying? I am not worried about resolutions. I'm going to be a good person person. That's what people are saying. Giving up on resolutions and focus on being good in everything that they do. And I've been praying about this scripture here and that, and I knew I heard from God. I'm going to talk to you about the goodness of the Lord today and as a way a ripple effect and carry over throughout this entire year. A lot of us, though, resolutions are good. Goal settings, developing better habits, better plans, better systems, things like that, instead of living impulsively, you know. But uh, I've often wondered, what does God do at the beginning of the year? You know, does God up there having resolutions, you know? (laughs) Does he have goals in mind? And I got to digging around in the Bible, and I do believe that God does something at the beginning of the year. But it's not what we normally do. God's not up there saying, I'm going to get a gym membership, and I'm going to bench 400 pounds this year. God's not up there saying, I'm going to get a new job this year. He likes his job. Thank God. I need him as my my boss, right? He's not going to get on a better diet. He's waiting for us to join him so we can receive communion with him and pick up right where we left off. Then we'll move on to barbecue cooked by the angels. Praise the Lord. Kansas City style, all right? Amen. You know what I believe God does at the beginning of the year? He lines up the calendar for Kansas City, for the Life Church, for Missouri, for Kansas, all of the states, America. He looks at Canada. He looks at South America. He looks at Africa, Europe, all of the nations of the world. And he looks at how they spend their time. And he says, how their culture is, how their way is, I want to fill them with my goodness. I want my goodness to flow into their life this year. And that's why the psalmist says he crowns the year with goodness. 
I believe in faith, but he doesn't crown the year with faith. You should always have that. You've got to be instant in season and out of season with your faith. You know, God is love. He is so loving, and I feel his love here today, but it's always there. He doesn't really have to plan on how love works. I love God's hope. i got to have that. I can't make it five minutes without his hope. But he doesn't have to plan the year out with his hope. It's just in the system, always flowing through the workings of his spirit. But his goodness, you better believe he plans it. In his mind, in his foreknowledge, he's looking out into the world and into families and into churches and into our lives. And he is asking himself, how can my goodness flow into the lives of the people? And I don't know if he opens up books or he gets out a calendar. I really don't know how it all works. But he wants to begin 2024 with his goodness. That's really how God has always began things. It's always with something good, right? You look in Genesis 1. God looked at a world covered in water, covered in darkness. And he said on that first day, let there be light. And just through speaking it, boom, light manifested. Earth started coming up out of the water. Right there in the Genesis 1 story, you see Acts 2.38. You and I, our lives were in darkness. But we got into that water and dry land. Our soul, our body arose out of there. And the old ways went down the drain. And we walk in the newness of life. And God came inside of us. And we started speaking the words, amen, of heaven. And light came. Amen. That's how God does something good. He does something good right at the very beginning. Every day he looked after he created animals, after he created air, after he created vegetation, after he created humanity. He looked at it and said, it is good. It's really good. It's very good. And sometimes you wonder, looking around at the world, where did the goodness go? Where did it vanish? I'll tell you when it vanished. When man decided to step out of God's goodness and try to have a little goodness and a little evil from that tree. That's how good God is. He wanted to trap all the evil in the world around that tree and not have anybody touch it. It was for the devil, if you want to know my opinion. But he said, that tree isn't just going to be evil. I'm still going to keep my goodness even in an evil place. And you look around and wonder, where did all that goodness go? My friend, yes, sin distanced ourselves a little bit from it. But Jesus Christ didn't hang on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but hung on a cross and poured out his own blood so you and I can get back to his goodness, to get back to everything good that comes from heaven. And I feel the goodness of the Lord wants to flow through somebody's life. That's how he begins it. That's how he does it. When Jesus Christ came preaching... His first sermon, did he preach bad news? No. He didn't stand up there and say, the Roman government is horrible. Don't trust them. He didn't get up there and just say, the whole world is awful. Hide out and live away from it. No. He got up there and said, you know what? I've got good news for you. God's not far out, but he's right here. Heaven hasn't given up on us, but heaven is right here. 
There is no pain in heaven and starts taking away people's pain. He said there's no blindness up in heaven and starts opening the eyes of the blind. He said there's no deafness in heaven and started opening up the deaf ears. He looked at all the paralyzed folks and he said everybody walks on streets of gold in heaven. I say unto you, rise up and let's see what heaven is like. And I've come to tell you that good news is here today. The power and the hope and healing of heaven is right here at 10400 View High Drive at the Life Church. And the goodness of heaven is going to flow in 2024. This world knows the goodness of God. It was created by the goodness of God. And the church began with God's goodness. And he wants his goodness to flow into this year. January is a dreaded month for so many. You want to stay in the holiday season. Maybe you have hard times of letting go of the past and moving into something new. My Bible tells me that God didn't come to make things old but he came to make things new. You know, people hate change, and I don't like change, but everybody loves something new, right? And 2024 is an opportunity to feel and to experience God's newness and his goodness working inside of you. This is a special month for me. It was on January 29th, 1994. I've been seeking the Holy Ghost for the Holy Ghost for three years. I was 11 years old. I'd had powerful experiences with God. I'd had God visit me in my dreams. I had visions. I experienced faith. I'd had so many things happen. And for whatever reason, it was like God was delaying it. I don't understand why. I'll never forget, we were in revival, and the preacher got up there and preached the peril of the end time that night. It was a Saturday night, and I was the first to hit the altar. Normally, when I'd come to the altar, a lot of the church would gather around me and, you know, pray for me. And I don't know why, but they would like to rock me back and forth and then side to side. And before I know it, my glasses would be up like this and my tie would be disheveled and I'd be missing a shoe, you know. People just trying to pray that pastor's son through the Holy Ghost, you know. That night, I, it wasn't like that. I got up there and I was so used to repenting of my sins. That's how I first learned to pray, repentance. Getting humble before the Lord, and I've never quit that. You want to experience the Holy Ghost and healings, miracles, signs, and wonders? You can't be sorry your way into it. Nobody gets the Holy Ghost saying, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Nobody gets healed of cancer by saying, cancer, I'm so sorry. Nobody gets healed of pain in their body by being so sorry. You get your sins forgiven by being sorry. You get your faults taken away by confessing them. But after you do that, it's time to step into a little bit of faith. And as it were, look under the hood of the Holy Ghost and see exactly what you can accomplish with God. And I believe this year we're going to discover some things that are under the hood of our church. And we're going to start putting it to work. We're going to put it to work. Amen. Pedal to the middle. 500 miles an hour. But I got up there and started worshiping and praising And for the first time, I felt faith for the love of God. Nobody was around me. Nobody was praying for me. I was the first to hit the altar that night. And I've seen it happen through the years. Usually the first person to hit the altar, it's like the best blessing in the church just falls on them right there. Be number one. Amen. I started praising the Lord and started talking in tongues. 
And I've been talking in tongues ever since then. Don't let January be the month that you hate 2023. Don't let it be the year that you think about all your failures and all your faults. Let me tell you this, God has never demanded, quote unquote, as the world suggests, perfection. And when you get him, you should go on to perfection. You know what God really wants from you? Your heart. And If you will give him your heart and you let him work on the center, it'll flow into the outside. He'll start in your heart and he'll get your words. I talked to somebody a few weeks ago in this church. They told me, confessed to me. That a lot of people confess a lot of sins to me. I'm a safe place, so I'm not going to repeat it. I'm going to pray. I've had people confess horrible sins to me. And a brother in this church come up to me, and I'll just be honest with you. He said, I can't stop saying the mm, bomb. I can't start, stop saying the French fry. Okay, you know what I'm saying. All right. That word. That, we get it. And I just said, well, brother, why not? He said, it's just in me. It flows out of me. He said, can you pray for deliverance? I said, I've never heard of God doing that. I said, you know what you need to start doing? Start filling your language with better words. And start filling your mind with better ideas. And start speaking goodness And start having a more positive and spiritual outlook on your life. And you know what will happen? All of the righteous things you do, it has its way of crowding out the bad. I talked to that brother this morning. He says, it's been two weeks and that word hadn't come out of my mouth. Goodness has its way of crowding out the badness. Focusing on what God is doing has its way of completely taking your focus away of what the devil is doing and focusing on what God has in store for you. And he is planning your entire year for you to have his goodness. You know, he did this for Israel. He would look at their feast days for the year. He would say the Passover, the unleavened bread, the first fruits, the Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. All of those feasts were centered around their harvest cycles. And they would come and present their gifts before the Lord, their grain, their livestock, their water, their oil, all of these things as a way to celebrate and to offer God praise and sacrifice for his goodness because he was so good to them. You think about it, without the goodness of the Lord, you have no crops, you have no livestock. You have no food. You have no life. Goodness was everything to Israel. They lived in a land where their enemies were all around them, and they still live that way to this day. And if it's not for the goodness of God, war can arise, and they're just one day away from not being a nation. God would plan out Israel, his goodness around them in the time of war. Sometimes barrenness would strike the land, and couples could not have children, and God would do everything he could do to place his goodness for husbands and wives to have babies. Sometimes when pestilence would arise, he would do whatever he could to keep the people protected with his goodness. You know, David and a lot of psalmists talked about the goodness of God. 
They did talk a lot about pain, but this psalm, Psalm 65, is not about pain. It's about God doing something good. It's really about spiritual ascent. And the psalmist said that he begins this year with goodness. And David had that revelation. You know, he was just taking care of his sheep. And all of a sudden he gets word that there's a gigantic man named Goliath taunting Israel and speaking blasphemous words against God. That's not in a good position to be. Nobody likes to be bullied. And I'm sure some of us would like to say, God, just get rid of the bully. But God wanted to let David get an experience of just how good and mighty he really is. And he challenged that big giant back and took him down with a sling and a stone. You know, David had to fight battles within his own family. His own father-in-law became jealous of him, threw a javelin at him. Can you imagine that? Somebody in your family pulling out their piece and right at you, flies into the wall. Ooh, time to get out of here. That's what David had to do. But he never gave up on the goodness of God during that time. He had horrible things done to him. The Philistines come in against him. But he was able to prevail year after year because of the goodness of the Lord. Not only were other people doing horrible things to him, but he slipped and messed up and did horrible things for himself. His sin with Bathsheba, his sin against her husband, his sin against numbering Israel. He failed in life. No year was perfect. But he was able to write and to sing it and stand up and we're reading and preaching about it today. That God begins the year with goodness. Not just in the first month, but the entire year is lined out in goodness. So I've come to tell you, if you're up against a giant this year, the goodness of God is going to take care of it. If you're up against an army and you feel like you're outnumbered, 10 to 1,000, the goodness of God will help you prevail against a mighty army. If you're up against sickness and pestilence, he talked about painful diseases in his body. The goodness of the Lord still followed him all the days of his life. If you've committed sin, don't give up on God. Don't give up on church. Don't give up on his word. But confess your sins and repent and watch the goodness of God come alive in your life thereafter. He crowns the year with goodness. He wants 2024 to be good for somebody. In that same verse, it says God's paths drip with abundance. Dripping. Mm. It's flowing like a great liquid. Let me hear you say path. A path is a route to a destination. God's path, the road he creates, the way he makes, it doesn't lead to poverty. It doesn't lead to lacking. It doesn't lead to emptiness, but it leads to abundance. I hear a lot of people in the church say this time of year, I need to get where I need to be in God. I need to get where I need to be in God. Meaning there is a barrier that they've created for themselves between them and God. God this year wants to help you find that right path to get around those barriers and get to his abundance. It's easy to say, it feels good, but I want to give you a few practical moments here in this message. Last year in 2023, according to my calculations, I may be a little bit off, but I counted up 
for worship services. Sundays, Wednesdays, revivals, all of that. Now, I know we know we do a lot of things around here for special interest groups, but for worship publicly, open for everybody, we opened our doors and said, come to the house of the Lord 105 times last year. Praise God. We need to double that this year. No, I'm not going to walk <laughs> The pathway to revival is less church, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have a great schedule and a great plan and a great thing that we've set up to help people spend time with God. By faith, we're going to open up 105 times again this year, maybe a little bit more. If the doors are open, don't sit at home and watch TV. Don't sit at home and scroll through social media on your phone. Do that another time, but designate your time when God's house is open to be in God's house. Even when you don't feel like it. I got to tell you, there's a lot of Sundays I don't feel like it. I'd rather go in the kitchen and eat some of Brother David Palmer's leftover cinnamon rolls and hide out. I don't know if I do that, I'm going to miss something. I'd love to sleep in. My Bible says, I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Not I was so glad when they said, stay home, oh no, but be glad to be in God's house. I don't care how bad of a week you've had, get to the house of God. I don't care how bad things are or how good things are, whether you fare well or fare ill, be in God's house no matter what. We need to be together, especially as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Be here. Put it on your calendar. If you've got to work, we understand work is a blessing. And if you can get it, take it. But trust God to always help you to have Sundays off, Wednesday nights off, and all of our conferences and revivals off. Because we need to be here in Jesus' name. Let me hear you say prayer. If you will just pray. Turn around and watch God's goodness all around you. Mm. Prayer is difficult. It's not easy. You know, I think in life, you know, when we think of something good, we think of ice cream. But really, true goodness is not what tastes good. It's what's good for you. Sleeping in, oh, is that good? Oh, that's delicious. But on Sundays, is that good for you? You had a hard day at work on Wednesday. Maybe your teacher piled that homework on you. Maybe this or that happened on Wednesday. Does it feel good to go home, get in your pajamas, and kick back and watch the news? Yeah, that feels good. When God's house is open, what's going to be a better good? Getting to God's house. If you've got to be at work at 7 a.m. and it's a 20-minute drive, yeah, it feels good to sleep till 6.30, get out of bed, maybe sleep in your clothes, reach in the refrigerator, get one grape, a bottle of water, and get to work. <laughs> you laugh because some of you live like that. Yeah, that feels good. Get to sleep, you know. But wouldn't it be better, a better good, if you went to bed maybe 30 minutes earlier? Maybe the day before, stop your coffee 30 minutes earlier so you could get up 30 minutes earlier at 6 a.m. and start praying about your day and praying over your family. I mean, God will intervene when you need him to intervene. 
I've had that happen. Twice in my life, I should have died in car wrecks. But God supernaturally swerved, sped up my car, did a bunch of things. I've talked about it. Can't go into it. Don't have time. But let me tell you what. Those things happen because I plan to pray. And I incorporate time with God in my relationship with him. I love to feel him, but even more, I want him to feel me. I want him to hear me. And if you will start praying, not only here, you need to do it here. Let me tell you what, just prayer here will, it'll take you far and wide. But you want to add more goodness into your life, learn to pray when nobody else is around. I think as Pentecostals, it's difficult for us to pray in our home. And you know why? I think I figured it out last year. See, Pentecost, it's loud. And it's fast. And I mean, you can't just sit still in church. We've got to throw our hands up and clap our hands and shout and praise the Lord. Because that's how God wants to be worshipped. It doesn't say in the Psalms and the other scriptures, Oh, stick your hands in your pockets, all ye people, and stand and be still and do nothing. Oh, sit down and scroll through your Facebook while my spirit is moving. Oh, no, but my Bible says reach out to him while he is near. Call out to him while he's close. Get on your feet and worship him. Amen. If you're not careful, you can get to where you think God only moves when it's loud. He only moves when the church is together. God wants to move early in the morning in your quiet and cold living room with your cup of coffee and your Bible and your prayer journal. You know, I was advised by some elders in my life to open up and talk about spiritual experiences I've had in my life. And that's a big deal for me because, to be honest with you, I I don't want to be judged. But to my shock, people have been so interested in what angels are doing in our church, and I've been answering questions. If you want to get in touch with the spirit world, Start praying early in the morning. Yeah. Can I get another? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Prayer in the morning. Now, any time of day, it's good. But there's something about giving God first. That's why we meet on Sundays. It's the first day of the week. It's first. Tithe. It's not the last 10% or the middle 10%. It's always the first 10%. And the first thing you do when you get up, you spend time with God and you make God a priority, watch his favor move in your life. But when God feels like you got an ulterior motive and he's the last thought, watch him back up. He'll never walk away, but watch him back up. But when you pray and talk to him first thing in the morning, before you check your calendar, before you check your to-do list, before you even have breakfast, and you start talking to him and saying, God, I like you more than coffee. Watch him start moving in your life. Mm. God, I like you before I read the news. Watch him start moving in your life. You give him first, he'll put you first. You give him your time, he'll give you his time. Start praying and watch God's goodness flow through your life. How long should we pray? Well, I've heard the old-timers say you got to pray an hour, not an hour, an hour, every day, right? Not every day, every day. <laughs> and if you're praying an hour a day, don't you stop. Keep on going. But for the rest of us, we're trying to lead somebody and have a wife and three kids and trying to operate and move. Some of us don't always get an hour a day, right? 
The Bible doesn't say pray an hour a day. Now, there was an hour of prayer, but it doesn't say an hour of prayer a day. It was just the hour, the time of prayer, right? Let me tell you this. I've seen a lot of people pray an hour. and It's not wise to compare ourselves. I'm usually a 40-minute prayer a day type person. Sometimes it goes to an hour, sometimes two, three. I've gone pretty high in my life, but on average, 40 minutes a day. And I'll tell you where that comes from in a minute. But I've seen people who pray an hour a day and not able to move much. But the people that pray consistently and in faith are able to move mountains in five seconds. It's not the amount of time, but the quality of time and how you pray and getting focused with it. If you don't got a lot of time on your hands and responsibility, you can walk around saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, for an hour and not move nothing and not connect with nothing. But let me tell you what the priest would do every morning. They had one guy that would get up on the top of the pinnacle and cry out to the priest that it's time to wake up. They called that man the rooster because they didn't have chickens around the temple. They had a guy get up and call out like a rooster. So when Jesus said, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me, I'm not talking about a little chicken or a little bird. It's a priest getting up saying, it's time to wake up. This is your alarm clock. The priest would all get up and would stand on the edge of the mountain and face the east. And as that sun began to peek up over the horizon, they would raise their hands and they would chant some memorized prayers, but then it was unscripted prayers and would prophesy over the priesthood and prophesy over Israel. And they would do that until the sun broke the horizon all the way, completely above the horizon. You know how long on average it takes for a sun to rise from the time it starts to the time it's all the way up? About 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes, those prayers God would hear and his goodness would flow throughout Israel. Mm. And then they would watch the sun from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. As soon as that sun would touch the horizon, they would face the west and stretch out their hands and begin to pray. So even the priests, the high order of God, about 40 minutes a day, and God was pleased. Mm. Twice a day is good. But if you want to get it all done at once, that is fine. Just do it every day. You don't need an hour or two hours. you got work and responsibility. But you can give God 40 minutes of your day somewhere in there. Even 20 minutes of your day will take you to another level. Mm. Let me hear you say the Bible. The number one question I get asked is, Pastor Justin, how do I hear the word of God? Or how do I hear the voice of God? God's not going to talk to you if you don't read this. Mm. 2024, it's time to pull that dusty Bible off, get it cleaned up, and start turning through those pages and get some answers from God. Mm. Reading the Bible through every year is good. There's a lot of nice little programs and plans out there to follow. But for a lot of us that don't like a lot of paper and clutter in our Bible, and I, I don't know, I'm just, I don't want to check off boxes. If you do that and it's working for you, do it. But I've found if you will focus on three to five chapters a day, you'll read it through every year. Every year. And this is what I do on average. Now, the best prayer and the best Bible time, it's best when you're not worried about the clock. Okay? Sometimes you've got to be worried about the clock. I did my own little consensus years ago. I prayed through all of the prayers of the Bible. 
I went through the tabernacle of Moses. I went through the prayers of Jephthah, the prayers of David, the prayers of Jesus, the prayers of Paul, and I would time myself. I did it up here at this altar. I would put the, the, the stopwatch on and time it, and I would pray, not worried about it, but as soon as I was done, I, was lo- I would look. And on average, after doing my own scientific experiment, and I would pray, pray it through, not cheating at all, it would always end up being about 20 minutes. I could pray for me, my family, this church, things going on in my life. I could pray for elected officials. I could do a lot of things, and it always happened in 20 minutes. Sometimes it's a little shorter. Sometimes it's a lot longer, but on average, 20 minutes, and it's working for me. And then to read three to five chapters of the Bible, sometimes even more, and to really glean from it and make notes and journal about it, you know where it ends up being? About 40 minutes. 20 minutes of prayer, 40 minutes of Bible reading, you and God will become like that. Like that. And anybody can do it. You don't have to be a preacher to do it. You don't have to have a degree or a Bible or this or that. You start praying. You start reading your Bible. And some of you will out-preach some of these Bible college students that got out there. Come on, somebody. Praise God. That's the power of being on God's path. His path is where his light is. His path is where his word is. His path is where he is. And if you can get a hold of God where he is day after day in 2024, watch his goodness flow unto you. If you're excited about it, let's all stand together. Oh, I feel like God is pulling on hearts right now. I've preached, I have taught, it is now time to pray. Come on, who's the first to get to the altar today? Who's the first to get the goodness of God this year? Come on, somebody begin your year right. Start putting good habits in there. Start finding the goodness of God where he's at. Don't make up your own mind, get the mind of God. Don't worry about what man says, worry about what God says. Come on, do you want his goodness? If you don't have his goodness, the world will want to give you its badness. If you don't want his goodness, the devil is going to try to give you his hopelessness. But if you will reach for this God, you will have his goodness in your 2024. Come on. Come on, church, we greet each other. Good morning. We greet each other. Good to see you. We say good night. We speak goodness over each other. It's now time for God.